Hello, it's Bernard Nomberg with the Nomberg Law Firm in Birmingham, Alabama. Thank you for stopping by the Nomberg Law Live podcast. Each week, we try to bring you interesting people talking about specialties in their fields. And this episode is absolutely no, no different. Today, we're talking with Jeff Hillier. Jeff is a longtime football referee and umpire in the state of Alabama, college level as well as in the high schools. Jeff is an experienced ref and will share with us a little bit of behind the scenes of what it's like to be a ref and umpire for what is probably the most popular sport in the state of Alabama and throughout the South. Jeff is a great fella. He's got some wonderful stories and we hope you'll stick around and give us a listen. And as always, we sure appreciate it if you'd subscribe, give us that five-star rating and give us a review. Thank you very much for listening. Nomberg Law Live Podcast. Be ticking on here. Gotcha. All right, Jeff, I think we are just about live. If we're not live, let me check one thing to confirm that, and then we will be a go. All right. Good morning. This is Bernard Nomberg with another weekly episode of Nomberg Law Live, and I'm very pleased to have a new friend to me, Mr. Jeff Hillier out of Opelika on the other side. Good morning, Jeff. Morning, Bernard. Nice to be with you today. You too. You too. And I, I really am very appreciative. I know this is your busy season leading up to taxes are getting done, and, and, and thank you for your time this morning. Absolutely. Yes, it, it's going to be a little exciting around here between now and April the 15th with all the, the tax preparation that we have to do and the tax cases we do, but I love what I do. So there you go. Well, Jeff, I, I for those folks who don't know you, um, I just I want to share a little bit of background and then I want you to, I know that may not be uh, second nature for you to talk about yourself, but you've got so many great things to share. Uh, the more that I have read about you, the more impressed I am. And I know that you are a, uh, by uh, education and training, you're a lawyer, you're an accountant, but for today's purposes, for the main purposes, you are a high school and college football official. And that is I don't see how you sleep. <laughs> <laughs> well, it keeps uh, me busy, very much so. I, I am sure that it does. I know you have been uh, officiating uh, for high school and college football games, and I want to say maybe for high school softball games, and maybe some other things. So give us a little bit of background of your history of officiating your career. We'll get into some well, of the specifics in a bit. At the high school level, I began in 1980 doing high school games, and I've done that continuously now for 39 years. Uh, in 97, I began working some college games, and or 98, but I've been doing college for 21 years now. And I started it in the Gulf South Conference and moved to the Ohio Valley Conference and then to the Sunbelt Conference. The last two years, well, I actually came off the field for college in 2015, did a part-time season in 16. In the last two years, I've done instant replay or collaborative instant replay is what they call it, out of the Sunbelt SEC Video Center in Birmingham. 
I have seen some photos or at least a photo of you that was talking about that. And I'm going to get into that in just a minute because I think that I visited that the SEC um, officials, what do you call it? The, the nest the or video, whatever the, the video center, the video center is fantastic. Um, I want to say good morning to Mitch, my buddy out in, in California. Good morning, Mitch. I know it's awfully early, but I appreciate you tuning in for a few minutes. Um, and if you guys have any questions along the way, as we're talking with Jeff, please put them in the comment section and we will make sure that Jeff sees those. Jeff, I know that it takes a lot of education and a lot of training to be a lawyer. I know that it takes a lot of education and a lot of training to be an accountant. But I suspect being a high school and college football referee, it may even take more because you are constantly on the field and being judged every single time you step between those lines. And I don't see how you do it. So I want you to tell us what's your mindset when you go out on that field each time. Well, the jokingly, we say our profession is one that you should begin at perfection and then improve. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, with with the fan expectation and the advent of video, it it brings what we do more into focus, and we we have to just do a better job on the field when when we when we make a call. Um, it we have we attend training sessions. A lot of a lot of our training is done individually, but there are group and organized training sessions. And when I say individually, rule study is very important testing, which you can do individually, film review of your own games, film review of other games, watching calls, critiquing the calls. That's where most of the study is done individually. But we do have clinics that we attend. The In the Sun Belt, we had three clinics a year that we would have to attend, a spring clinic, then a replay clinic in Chicago, and then a summer clinic. So it, you know, there's there's a lot of group training, but by far the most of it is done on an individual basis. I I read a, an article about you uh, recently, and I wanna I wanna quote back to you one of your quotes because I think this so perfectly sums up the nature of the current game and what officials are having to do. So bear with me for just a second. You were asked about officials making wrong calls. And you replied, we try to be perfect. Our expectation is to be perfect, but every official makes a mistake in a game. The game happens so fast, you have to go with your gut. And if you make a bad call, you can't fix it. You gotta get it out of your mind. You can't worry about it, the game moves on. No official has ever called the perfect game. No coach has ever called the perfect game and no player has ever called the perfect game. Now, I'm not asking you, with the, with the backdrop of that quote, Jeff, I'm not asking you to criticize specific officials. I'd never do that, nor I assume the code amongst officials. You don't do that. <laughs> but with the advent of social media and videos and, and how many um, camera angles, it seems like it's even more of an increase of pressure of officials to get it right the first time. And I don't know if you feel that on the field or when you're in the booth, but there has to be some type of stress built into that. How do you deal with that? There is. The, the way you deal with it, most calls that you make on the field are simply a function of angle. If you've got the right angle on a call, a difficult call can be made less difficult with the proper angle 
but an easy call can be made extremely difficult with a poor angle. Mm -hmm. And you just think about a receiver catching a ball. If you're behind the receiver, you really don't have a clue whether he caught it or it, it hit mm -hmm. the ground first or not. But if you'll move around and get a 90 degree or maybe one another angle to where you're looking from the front of the receiver, you can tell. So what we focus on is angles and what are you supposed to be looking at and how you're supposed to be looking at it. And we take the field, the, the officials take the field and divide it up into different players and different sections and you're assigned a particular receiver or a particular player and you're told to stick with that player until the play develops. So we, what we're trying to do is get people looking in the right direction so that everything is covered. And then, then you focus on making the call from the right angle. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many times that when I have a call that happens and I have to just go with my gut, how I would not have to do that if I had just been five yards to my left or five yards to my right. You know, you think you're in the right position as the, call, the play develops, but then the, the guy turns on you and then you're in the wrong position. So you just have, it's just, it's just tough. And like I said, no official has ever called a perfect ball game. We are human. We make mistakes. But that's not what the fans think. You got to get it right. <laughs> and <laughs> well, that's unfair to you guys. What's exabber uh, made that worse is instant replay. Uh, not everything is reviewable. We can't in instant replay. We can't fix everything. There are some things you can fix. There are some things you cannot fix. The premise of instant replay is that the call on the field is correct. You begin with the presumption of correctness. We have to prove in instant replay that the call was incorrect. We don't have to prove it's correct. We have to prove it's incorrect. And if we cannot prove it incorrect, then we let it stand. If while we're looking at it, we see that it was correct, we confirm it. But we don't. We as replay officials do not spend a lot of time trying to distinguish between a confirmation and a stands, because you're not going to be changing anything on the field. We're told to just, if you're not going to change it, make a quick decision, stands or confirm, but move on, get the game going again. I, I know that there's been criticism that the longer the delays of the review whether it's pro college, uh, whichever one, the longer the delay in the action seems to be to increase the grumbling, which are, regardless of the decision, it's just if there's like a two or three or four minute delay, fans in the stands, they want the game to keep going. And I know you guys too, but you also want to get it correct. So that's, I, I yeah, assume that's know, why the delay sometimes. Yeah, that's, that's something, you know, why are you taking so long to look at it? But then if you don't look at it, why didn't you look at it? Mm -hmm. uh, that's that's the fans' perception. I will tell you a little secret. This is not true 100% of the time, but it is something to think about. Many times on these long delays in reviewing a play, you've got a reversal coming. The replay official goes in and looks at the play and is able to determine fairly quickly that the call was incorrect. But it may take another couple minutes to figure out where the ball was snapped from, mm -hmm. what yard line, you know, people are concerned about north-south on the field, but the ball is snapped between the hash marks, so we have to worry about east-west also. So we go back and see where it was east-west, 
You want to look at the chains. You got to look at the down. You got to look at the time on the clock. Those things just take a little time. So just kind of a, a side note, if it's taking a while, many times there's a reversal coming. Well, I'm going to assume, Jeff, you've been on both sides of the officiating uh, sets there. You've been the guy on the field having to look through the camera and be on the phone, and you've also been the guy in the perch or in the, the, the office the where you're looking at it, the booth, thank you, where you're looking at the replay and talking to the official on the field. Kind of take us into both of those uh, aspects and the mindset of each, each side of that. That's a good question. Uh, I will tell you there's an overwhelming desire amongst all officials to have the end result of what goes on to be correct. Uh, you can go back to the play in the the, champion, the New Orleans Saints game. That happened two and a half weeks ago, and people are still talking about it. If it had been gotten correct on the field, or if it could have been fixed in replay, the conversation would have never gone past the end of the game. We understand that what we do, if we don't get it right, it's going to be discussed all next week. It shows up in our grades for the calls that we make. So we want them correct. When you're on the field, you have one very brief moment to make a judgment. Sometimes you have a good angle. You can, you can nail the call. Sometimes you have 90% of the information. You do the best you can with it. Sometimes you just have to go with your gut. In replay, here again, the presumption is the call on the field is correct, but we want it right. So if we can get it right, then it's over. The coaches can't complain that a call cost them something, and the media can't say anything because it's, it's been fixed. So we do everything we can to get it right. One of my concerns when instant replay was first implemented in 2006 or 7 was they're going to start re reversing our calls on the field and taking our mistakes and holding them against us on the field. That has not happened. If if we're if a play develops where we just didn't have a good angle and we miss it and replay fixes it, that's not held against the field official. Uh, it's corrected and moved on. Now, if you're constantly missing calls and you're constantly out of position, that's a horse of a different color. But just to say that you're going to be disciplined or reprimanded for missing a, a catch or a pass fumble on a quarterback, if you're in the right position and it was one of those tight calls, it has actually been refreshing that has not been held against us. We want to get it right and move on. Let's talk about being on the field for just a minute, Jeff. Uh, you have over 30 years of on-field experience in college and high school games. Uh, and 39. I'm going to 39, almost 40, wow. And I'm going to presume that you have probably held about every position on the field as an official, whether it's a line judge, back judge, whatever it may be. Have you rotated through all those positions over your career? I have done most of them. But when you get to the college level, you specialize. I was a referee. I was the one that wore the white hat and had to make the announcements to the stadium. If you went to a college crew that people have been working together for years and said, hey, fellas, y'all want to work another position today, they would look like you 
like you were crazy. I mean, we specialize in what we do. Every position is different. Now, on the high school level, sometimes you have to swap around just due to who's available to work the game. The college level, it does not change. All my college shirts have an R on the back. I don't have any shirts with another letter. Let, let's let's talk just for a second about the college game. Which of those positions is more taxing physically, more taxing mentally? Is can you differentiate between the positions? Well, they're all they all have their considerations, I guess you would say. I think the one that's most taxing physically would probably be the umpire, the guy that's right behind the defensive line. We did have them lining up five yards off the ball, so they were right in there with the linebackers. We have moved them back to about eight yards now, so they're not quite up in there with it. But you can have a dragon receiver come across the middle and take you out in a heartbeat, or a, a somebody coming, a safety coming up and hitting you. So that's a position I have avoided for years, just because <laughs> I didn't want to get killed. <laughs> You got to have your head um, on a swivel in that position. I know that. Oh, you really do. You you can get hurt in there, and there's a lot going on in there. But it's the people that work it would not go anywhere else. They love it. I had a guy that I worked with in the Gulf South years ago. He was a a middle linebacker in college, so he, he was a natural umpire. He was in there where he was when he played. Uh, mental positions, I think they're all taxing. Uh, the referee is in charge of the game. Anything that comes up to deal with the game that someone else doesn't have responsibility for, it falls on the referee. The referee has to plan the, the weekend, and our weekend starts Friday afternoon and ends Sunday morning typically. Has to plan the meetings, has to organize the pregame. So there's there's a little more on the referee than there are the other seven positions on the field. But you would you could probably bring in a line judge and ask them and they say they have the toughest position. Sure. I will say the two people on the line of scrimmage have an awful lot of responsibility before and at the snap. I, I just I think we've got those guys loaded up with stuff to do. And 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 again sticking with the, the college game, do the referees, do the, the umpiring crew, the crew as a whole are there meetings with the coaches or administrators from the two colleges in the particular game each weekend? Yeah, when, when the officiating crew gets into town, they normally have a film review session on Friday night where they review the film from last week's game and review any training videos that have come out from the conference office or from the, the National Officials Association. The CFO is what they call it. Saturday morning, you have a more specific meeting with the officials where we you talk through the game, you talk through specific plays, you do a rules test to make sure everybody's staying in the rule book. But when you get to the stadium, then the referee and the umpire go meet with each head coach. And actually, well, actually, before they do that, they meet with the game day administrator to go over the plans for the day. And then you go meet with the coaches and get everybody on the same page. And, Make sure you've got transportation to leave the stadium and where is security? What do I do if I need to reset the clock? What do we do if we have weather issues? Where's the lightning indicator? What color coat is he wearing so I can find him real quick? Just stuff like that. What What about, Jeff, if there are, are there ever occasions where a coach says, 
uh, or has certain trick plays that have not come out and they want to give you a heads up, hey, we may be running this particular type of play or this particular formation that you might not have seen uh, in, the, in the immediate past, do those conversations ever come up? Yeah, those come up typically one of two ways. Sometimes the coach will notify the conference office and tell them that this is a play we're looking at running, is it legal? And if it is or is not, they will push that out to the officials that are working the next few games to be alert for it. But when we meet with the coaches, that's one of our standard questions. Do you have any unusual plays? We don't call them trick plays. We just say unusual. Anything that they're doing that we haven't seen, we suggest they point out to us. Uh, we should be able to adapt to it on the fly, but it's best if you just tell us ahead of time. And then if it's an illegal play, we can tell them that if you run that, we're going to flag you, and then it's up to them whether they're going to do it or not. And generally they don't, of course, but it helps for us to know. Well, I, I know that on the college level, you've had the privilege of, of being part of bowl games as championship games. I'm sure you've been on TV numerous times. Share with us a little bit, maybe a couple of fond memories of players or games or situations that really stick out uh, in your mind. You might find this interesting or unbelievable. You work so many games that they kind of run together. Uh, we did, I have worked five bowl games and been on TV. The thing that I remember is, and I, I feel very blessed that I recognized this as I was going through this process. The games run together. It's what you do with your crew and your friends. I called it on the years that I worked making memories. Uh, I remember a game we did at North Texas years ago. I have no idea who was in the game. I have no idea the kickoff time. I have no idea the score. But I remember going to the um, Daily Plaza in Dallas and visiting the John F. Kennedy stuff there in Daily Plaza. Uh, we had a game in Lafayette, Louisiana. Cannot tell you who was playing. Cannot tell you the score. But I remember going and doing the Swamp Tour with my crew the Friday afternoon before we were supposed to be there. So, you know, we come awesome. in early sometimes before we're supposed to check in and do these other activities that that's what I remember is the fun stuff we did. I remember going to a game at Troy, Alabama, and everybody came in early and went to my house at Lake Martin, and we went fishing and swimming. I think we came in Thursday, so everybody came in a day early. And we just had a great time cooking out steaks and having a good time sitting around a fire that night. Could not tell you who played in the game. Could not tell you the score. Yeah. Could not tell you what happened in the game, but we had a great time at the lake. Well, those are certainly great memories and great being in the moment. And speaking of that, I've got a good friend who's watching us, Don Lupo. He is city of Birmingham. He is a diehard Yankees fan, a diehard Auburn football fan. And I want to ask you, if you have an opinion, does Auburn's football stadium, there's got to be some magic there for that home team because between kick six and all of those incredible plays, the tip with uh, against Georgia, I mean, you could go on and on. What in the world is it about Auburn's home advantage or home stadium? Do you have any well, thoughts about that? 
you're asking a guy that bleeds orange and blue. I'm a graduate of Auburn. That's my alma mater. I, I, that's been my team forever. Auburn's just a special place. Uh, beware. That's all I will say. <laughs> that's right. Well, it just seems to to whatever whichever way the ball needs to bounce on those games, it just seems to go Auburn's way at home. It really is a and unique that's, that's special grass that's grown there. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Well, let's let's take it, it. Let me reset for just a second. And, and Jeff, I sure appreciate your time and you sharing some insight about officiating on the college game. And we'll get to the high school game in just a second, guys. I'm I'm talking with Jeff Hillier. Jeff is a, a longtime football official on the college and high school level. He's an accountant as well as an attorney in Opelika, and just an overall great fellow. And he really has given us some some real insight about what we don't see off the field when it comes to officiating games. And particularly now with the advent of so much social media video and expectations, officials just seem to get it right. And I know there's lots of training that you've talked to us about, but Jeff, I wanna compare, if you will, you've, you've spent many years on the college level. You've also spent many years on the high school level. And Alabama high school football is no joke. It's a serious deal. And, and I know you know that as well as anybody. Can you kind of give us a little comparison about what it's like to, to official or, or to, to ref on a college game level versus the current high school game level? There is a difference. Both NCAA and National Federation are educational based activities. With that said, I think there is more emphasis on the educational component in the high school game than there is in the collegiate game. The collegiate game, while it is an educational based program, there's a lot of emphasis on winning. And as an official, I have a different mindset when I'm working a college game versus a high school game. And just to give you an example, <clears throat> a certain decorum is going to be, there's two different decorums allowed on a high school field and a college game. Uh, college pushes the limits a little more with language and, and uh, conduct that is just absolutely not tolerated one second on a high school field. The Alabama High School Athletic Association is a strong proponent of good sportsmanship and profanity, um, slang, vulgarity is just not permitted on a high school field at any time for any reason. On a college game, when somebody slips and says something they should say, the, we will turn to them and say, watch your language, watch your language. Now, if they start directing something toward an opponent, that's an entirely different issue. But just, just inappropriate things. We we watch your language on a college game, on a high school game. It is, it is a foul. It's just not tolerated, because we're trying to teach kids to become responsible adults. And, you know, if if, if we've got student athletes, then we should have teacher coaches. And if we've got teacher coaches, we should have teacher officials. So I view my role on a high school game as a teacher, and I view the athletic arena like I do Miss Jones' English class in high school 
if you can't stand up and yell at Miss Jones in English, then you're certainly not going to do it in the classroom of the athletic arena. Uh, along those lines, are high school officials, excuse me, high school coaches, administrators, teachers, are they required to go through any type of annual training when it comes to these type of issues and, and dealing with officials in the Alabama High School Athletic Association? They have a program, I think it was called the Star Sportsmanship Program. Don't, don't quote me on that one. Yes, they are. Uh, could they use more? Yes. Could officials use more? Yes. Could students use more? Yes. I mean, you can't get enough of this. Either you're going you're gonna to be responsible and act right, or you're going to need to be trained to do that. I mean, it's we got to keep in mind that when I'm on the field, I'm not just calling a game on a high school field. I'm not just calling a game. I'm teaching a kid to become a responsible adult. So how I act and how I react with him plays a, an impact on how he leaves that game. And I try to understand that, and I try to make sure the people that I work with understand that. Don't smart off to a player if you're not going to let him smart off to you. It, it, well, it's Jeff, a two-way street. Everything that I've read and learned about you, what you just said, epitomizes who you are and, and the recognitions that you've gotten over the years, and I commend you for that. And, and we're getting very close to, to our, our discussion. I, I, wanna, I wanna close out the discussion, if you will. What advice would you give to young people who may be interested in getting into becoming an official, regardless if it's the sport or high school, junior high, college, whatever their ambitions are, how would one get started in this? Well, I'm glad you asked me about that because the recruitment and numbers is becoming an issue in officiating. I think high school baseball in Alabama is the sport that is really being challenged right now, where games are having to be rescheduled because of lack of officials. They want, you want to play on Thursday at 5, well, you're going to have to play on Wednesday at 6 because we can't get officials there. They are really facing a challenge. Basketball is having some issues. Football is not quite to that point yet, but it is coming. Uh, we have gone to, because of the expectations, when I first started, we had four officials on the field. We now have seven. College has eight. So it's taken more people to cover the game because the game has changed. But people are needed in this, and if you have an interest in doing it, we suggest you get them. You can contact the Alabama High School Athletic Association. They will get you in touch with a local group that you can join. Uh, but I would also like to address fans and coaches. And like I said a few minutes ago, this is one profession you're expected to begin at perfection and then improve. Well, when you go on the field the first time, you're not going to you're not going to know what you're doing. You're, you're going to be learning. And that happens in the junior high and the junior varsity games. People got to understand that we've got to train people, and you don't teach people to become better officials by yelling at them. It just, that doesn't work. And, and people, there's just a group of people now that, that are just not willing to have somebody standing behind them yelling at them for 48 minutes. And, Jokingly, I can say I can go home and get yelled at. So, um, <laughs> but it's we, we've got to 
understand that this is a group effort that for the good of football and the group good of high school athletics, we've got to have officials. We need people to come in. And when somebody's coming in trying to learn the, the avocation, you got to be patient with them. They're going to make mistakes. I mean, if you look at the junior high coaches, they're learning too. Typically, it's your younger coaches. They're learning. It's the younger players. They're learning. The younger officials, they're learning. It's, a, it's an educational environment. Everybody is learning. Well, that's the only way that you get better is by doing, not staying that's on the exactly. sidelines, not doing. Well, Jeff, exactly I, I could talk to you all day, but I know that it is tax season, and I know you have a lot of other things to do. I really, really appreciate your time this morning and sharing some of your wisdom and insight. So thank you very much for spending some time. Well, I appreciate the opportunity to talk about what I love doing, and hopefully we can have some folks that are interested in joining up with us and help us with our official shortage. Well, I, I'm going to put in the comment section the link and phone number to the Alabama High School Athletic Association. So if anybody watching this is interested, they can contact those folks, and I'm sure they'll put them in, 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 in connection with the right people. They absolutely will. There's too many people needed. Well, guys, this will conclude another episode of Nomberg Law Live. It has been my absolute pleasure talking with Jeff Hillier today. Please join us every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central. Jeff, I hope you have a great rest of your day and week. We will talk to you another time. Thank you. Take care.